Now, I don't think as business owners, we're always very good at looking after ourselves. But without us, there is no business. And without us, it's very hard to look after the horses and all the animals that we care for. And of course, I'm always talking about how to plan your life and your business so that you can actually live it. So today I have invited along Louise Westra, who is a naturopath. She's absolutely amazing at what she does to share some of her pearls of wisdom and tips on how we can look after ourselves better naturally. So enjoy this episode. Uh, It was recorded a little while back, I must admit. I have taken my time on getting this to you. My podcasts are a bit like buses today, but I'm sure there's lots of jam-packed value. Um, So enjoy this episode and let me know what you think when you're finished. Welcome to the Equine Business Assistant Podcast, helping you build a better business to live life on your terms, with your host, Jenny Bush. So, Louise, nice to have you here with me today on the podcast. So, um, tell me, first of all, what it is that you do? Gosh, well, I guess in essence, Jenny, I help women, particularly female entrepreneurs, business owners, um, to ensure that they are taking care of themselves alongside their businesses, their family, you know, and all the other balls that women tend to have in the air. So fundamentally, my goal is not only to stop women crashing and burning and paying the price of their success with their health, but also to build their energy levels build their physical health so that they are thriving rather than just surviving on a day-to-day basis. And one of the reasons that I kind of sort of um, fell into uh, learning about you is because yeah, I struggle with energy a lot. Um, it's a big issue for me. I mean, you, you're um, probably aware that I let people know I've had, I had chronic fatigue for 10 years. I am kind of on the way up. I'm still working through it. So I'm always looking for things that I can do to help myself. And I thought you'd be really good to come on and have a chat to everybody because a lot of my audience, they're equestrian professionals. And the trouble with working with horses is we have that dedication to duty. We still have to get up and serve our animals regardless. We're not allowed sick days. So it's not allowed. So how can you help us to... Yeah, so what sort of things would you help for those... Because we're all sort of physically active as well, a lot of us. Um, what what sort of things would you advise if you had a a client like us that was very, (laughs) very sort of difficult to manage in that respect that we have to keep go, 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 go. Well, I think, you know, I think there's, there's still loads of stuff that, that can be done. The first thing is, you know, you've mentioned the fact that obviously horses are big animals and people who have horses are usually very physically active by virtue of the fact they have to get up. They're hopefully riding the horses as well, you know, and so on. But, you know, the, when, we, when we tend to be focused on one particular type of activity, we become very good at that particular type of activity, but that can leave us vulnerable in other ways. So I'm always a fan of people thinking about what are the main you know, what are the main activities that they're doing? What, what are, you know, like, I mean, you can tell me this better. Um, you know, riders tend to have strong legs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be other aspects of their body that don't tend to be as strong. So for instance, I would suggest that, 
um, somebody who sits in front of a computer a lot would do, if they were somebody who enjoyed swimming, that they would make sure that they were doing backstroke to actually physically ensure that they are moving against the kind of normal stagnant motion that they are spending their day in. So finding it, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not talking, I know people are strapped for time. It doesn't have to be something that takes a long time, but, but finding some movements that are, you know, are more difficult because maybe those are the areas that aren't as strong. So perhaps in the upper body, um, and, and making sure that we're also implementing or, or incorporating movements for those other aspects of our body in our day to day. And it doesn't have to take loads of time. You know, I, between clients, I haven't got horses, um, but between clients, you know, that's usually when I do my movement. Yeah. Cause I think it's one of the things that I often, yeah, I often tell people cause I do a lot of the planning stuff and helping people to plan out the day. And I say, you need to, focus time for moving you need to focus time for actually eating and sleeping <laughs> they're so important and those are the things think, that we've got yeah i mean organization as you know is absolutely key if you i know it's a cliche now but if you fail to plan uh, sorry if you plan to fail then usually you you yeah, fail to plan, plan to plan so you do have to factor yourself into the equation. So one of the things that, you know, movement aside, one of the things that I work with my one-to-one -one clients to do is to build a repertoire of really quick recipes. Yeah. So that when you get home after you've, you know, been out in the morning, seen to the horses, been to, you know, drop the kids off after doing their breakfast, lunches, whatever, then been to your own work, then done it all again in the evening or, you know, in the afternoon, you get home and you've got a, a repertoire of meals that take 15 minutes, you know, maximum 20 minutes from prep to plate. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, a, yeah, because again, we do, we tend to cut corners there don't we? because we're in a hurry. Retired. Yeah. Fall into, you know, um, the habit of either picking something up that is less healthy than they really aspire to or having it ordered in, or, you know, they end up, making something that takes far too long by which time they're so tired that the nerves to the gut are not you know are not priming the gut to digest the food anyway then people feel bloated uncomfortable don't sleep as well and then it can become a bit of a you know a self-perpetuating cycle yeah. um even really really simple things like taking making sure that we are in a state of conscious action so a lot of people talk about mindfulness. It's, it's, it's basically the same thing, whereby whatever we are doing in that moment, we are focusing our attention on that. And it's particularly important if you are working with a, you know, a creature who is much, much larger than us, um, that we are fully and wholly keeping our attention on what we're doing with that animal because you know that's where if they're having a bad day and we're not paying attention that's where accidents can sometimes happen and it's not anyone's fault but often when we reflect on those type of moments it is because actually we we perhaps weren't concentrating on what we were doing at the moment but projecting ourselves forward into all the other things that we have going on yeah yeah, I, yeah, I feel that. And I think yeah, sometimes we're just so busy rushing. And I have this thing where I'll be doing something, but the whole time I'll be thinking what I've got next, what's coming up next. And um, 
it only sort of recently sort of occurred to me because I'm a, I'm a, I'm also a singer. So I was at a gig recently and I was singing, and then I watched back the video and I thought I could just see in my face. I'm thinking, what's the next song? What's the next song? And I'm not focused on the song that I was singing. I sung it well, but I could have done better if I hadn't have been. It's almost like having that, yeah, that that sort of knowledge that you've. You know what's coming next. You you know, it, it is a discipline. You know, it really is a discipline. It's not something, me personally, I mean, I, I'm doing that, you know, I was in London yesterday and, you know, on the train trip down to the airport and on the plane, um, you know, a lot of that time I'm thinking, you know, there's certain things that I want to have in place to make sure that I feel ready for the next day. But then there's just that tendency. I think a lot of us women have that tendency then to, to start, you know, it, it almost takes on a life of its own. So we do need to make sure that firstly, we bring ourselves back to the moment. And that secondly, if we are having a moment where we're thinking about, you know, and that can be a positive thing again, because it can be planning in our, in our head, that we don't then allow ourselves to, you know, creep into that area whereby we are becoming worried about all the different possibilities because something like 85% of the things that we worry about never actually happen. Yeah. So it's wasted, it's wasted energy. And if we're wasting energy mentally a lot, then we're going to be wasting it emotionally. And that will also have a knock on effect to our, our, our physical energy levels eventually. Yeah, I think that's half of like, the problems that I've suffered with. I think I've always had that that mental, all this other stuff's going on. I've had lots of things. Yes, yeah, so it's not just been business, it's been life, it's been family, it's been, oh, yeah, the amount of, and yeah, trying to sort of not living for what's happening now, living for what I've still got to come, and then the stress and the anxiety and the pressure and the work, yeah, and it does, it all sort of adds up, doesn't it? Also, and and I mean, uh, it's I've had my own journey with anxiety, and actually, you know, it, it's, there are times, like again this week, because I was away twice through the week from my family, from, you know, my work that I knew was still going to be there, and, and you know, uh, and that work is one-to-one -one client, so that can take on a life of its own if, you know, th people aren't, you know, responded to as they need to be and, and so on. Um, so, you know, I, I've had to, I've had to create that discipline in my life because the, the alternative to that is, you know, then having the physical symptoms that go with a, a, an, a, an anxiety that starts to spiral out of control. Yeah. And it does it affects every single part of us, doesn't it? And a lot of the time, what what's happening on the outside is just a reflection of what's going on inside. And this is it for me. For for you know, when I was younger, it, it manifested as a you know as a very significant irritable bowel syndrome. And then, of course, you know that then spirals into a, a situation where essentially you become to some degree malnourished. You know, maybe not malnourished to the degree that it's going to acutely affect your life but it's certainly affecting the quality of your life. Um, so, uh, you know, not everyone has that level of severity, but I think women have the tendency because they do hold so much in the head, uh, in the family life often, um, to, to go down that, that trajectory. And, and that brings me on to the next point, which is that we have to learn how to tell others when we need help. Yeah. So if we're out with the horses, for instance, and we've got a partner at home, you know, he, she, whatever, you know, then there needs to be, you know, life is a team event. 
And so we need to make sure that if we're going to the horses, that the person who's left at home, the, the adult that's left in the house, you know, is taking some level of responsibility for, you know, whipping the eggs up for the omelet or, you know, chopping up the veggies for the 10 minute stir fry or whatever it is. But I think the thing is that a lot of women have inadvertently taken on so much that either their partners have stopped asking or they've never really felt they needed to ask because on the outside, you know, their partner, their, their wife, partner, whatever is so capable that the thing about men in particular is if you don't tell them that something needs to be done, most of them don't actually know. Yeah. Yeah. No, remind Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel this so often like, because yes, because I've got the two, two girls and my husband and I feel that I'm responsible for the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and the ironing and everything else. And in the meantime, I'm trying to run my business and I'm wondering why I'm tired because like you just we just can't do everything can we and yet sometimes we do need to yeah just stop saying i need help or actually you need to pull your your own way um, exactly and i think but i think you know we do need to take responsibility as women one of my um one-to-one -one clients um who started with me at the beginning of the year we had a we had our first consultation before christmas and it was her daughter's her elder daughter's second birthday and she was feeling very overwhelmed, you know, family was coming, all this kind of stuff. And I said, but, you know, you've mentioned that your husband is really supportive. So uh, can't he wrap the, the presents for her birthday? And she said, oh, no, no, he can't wrap the presents because he's rubbish at it. And I said, okay, I'm just going to stop you there. Firstly, do you think that your two-year-old is going to remember the level of, of wrapping that, you know, you know, like who's measuring that? It's only you. And she was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. I said, and secondly, who are you to take away that experience from your husband? She was like, I'd never thought of it like that. I said, well, there's two parents in your house and one of the parents has indicated that they would like to be involved. Now, whether or not that's because he just wants to help you, that in itself is enough for you to accept that. I said, if you're not careful, what will happen is if that's a pattern that you've set for your, for your partnership, then at some point he will probably stop asking. And then at some point you may get resentful. And I said, and that's not fair because actually ultimately you've created that. Yeah. I think there's, we've always got this sort of control battle where we want to be in control and we feel that it's all got to be on us. But I think some of that comes from just the, just the way that we've been yeah, sort of conditioned over the years and our mothers and our, <laughs> you know, they're conditioned because they had different lives. Their lives were to do all of that stuff. That was their jobs. They didn't always have to go and get a job or go to work. And so I think that because the dynamic in society has changed, but yet the, the pressure we put on ourselves is, is almost to be Wonder Woman and to be everything to everybody. And it's... I totally agree. And I think, as you're saying, that is entirely understandable, but it's important that we stop and check ourselves because sometimes, I mean, some men are useless. Some men pretend to be useless. Um, some men are entirely capable and happy, but just feel like, oh God, you know, they're not going to do it right. So that then triggers something for them. Um, but, but the point is that, you know, as you're saying, we're living the equivalent now as women of two or three lifetimes in one. Yeah. And that's incredibly enriching. But if we're not very careful, it will incur a debt that will need to be repaid at some point. And that may show up as a diagnosis such as a 
chronic fatigue situation or an ME or, you know, a, a, a chronic immune problem or an autoimmune problem. And, and, you know, I guess because my, my background is obviously quite clinical, when I sit down and I talk with people, quite often you can see that this debt was just insidiously and erroneously incurred and then it reached a kind of critical mass. Yeah. So, you know, I, whilst I am very keen for people to focus on eating the best food possible, I also recognize when people do have this, you know, this very packed schedule. And as you said, you know, you can't ignore the animals. They have to, you have to get up for them. You know, there are other ways above and beyond, you know, this, I mean, this stuff is, it's simple, but it's, it's, it's also fundamental. And a lot of these things like, doing the, the, taking the conscious action, asking for help, they don't really cost us anything because we can be doing them along the way of not having to radically change our lives, but they can have a very profound impact. Yeah. Then there's kind of a next, there is another level to that. So if you look behind me, Jenny, you can probably see, I don't the lighting isn't great in here, but you might be able to see that there's um, some shelves there. Yeah. You see those. So that's my herbal dispensary. So going back to the point I was making about people living, you know, faster and faster lives, because that does incur this kind of debt, things like, you know, using essentially herbal remedies, herbal medicine, whatever you want to call it, because it is food-based therapy, it gives people the opportunity to plug the nutritional gaps and to nourish and support themselves. It doesn't mean that, that these other things shouldn't still be in place but it does buy us a little bit of time and freedom to be able to live that two to three lifetimes in one and not have to, you know, not usually to find that that debt gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It can help to stabilize that debt so that we function better mentally, physically, emotionally. So, yeah. you know, that you, most people will have, if they look around someone like me in their local area, if they, you know, if they, if they are someone who wants to go face to face but but this type of you know this type of nutritional therapy for me it's really really important that people know about it and particularly women because this is this is women's medicine yeah you know these are these plants we've had a relationship with throughout our evolution and a lot of people are probably feeding some of the things that are in here but in a in a in their crude form to their horses yeah you know alfalfa oats you yeah. know various different things we probably feed our horses better than we feed ourselves nutritionally well, as well you know I've, I've known a few um equestrian people in my time where i used to work um you know there was a large equestrian center so sometimes some of the team would come through to me through arc health um and so i know you know that, that the majority of of people who have horses love horses you know, um, treat them beautifully, but, you know, ultimately there comes a point at which if we don't put the oxygen mask on us first, we potentially will not be able to care for those horses either. No. And I, I've, I've been in that position where I've, I've ended up in hospital twice. Uh, one was with the gallstones and everybody was like, how the heck have you got gallstones like that? Um, I have no particular reason, but they were, they were I mean, they were big. The, the nurse that with me in the recovery room she's never seen gallstones <laughs> that big they wow. were they were almost the size of very 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 large Maltesers bigger than a Malteser and I had five well, well, very big gallstones for sure 
I had five of them, they were stuck. They, I mean, so I had to have an emergency operation to remove that. And again, I think because a lot of this stress that I carried around that I hadn't been educated on how to deal with had, had gone to my stomach and it caused all sorts of issues. And then I had an, another issue that um, well, I'd had since birth, but basically a lot of stress and trouble in my life caused it to, yeah, it would have been fine. Most people live with it all their lives, but mine ruptured because I think, again, we take all that tension and that oh, stress. It and doesn't it, amplifies it, anything. Yeah, it yeah. manifests itself in, in your body, doesn't it, and, and comes out that way. Um, and, yeah, and, and they, both times it was a good month, two months, I had to have off, unable to do anything to allow my body. And, yeah, it's kind of like how do we get to a position where we look after ourselves better, that we don't have to, that we don't end up in, in A&E. Um, and it, it really is the, the little things that we do that we, we embed into our lives. Like, you know, maybe when we get up in the morning to go out to the horses, before we rush out of the door, we just drink, you know, even a small glass of water. Yeah. So that we've actually hydrated our body to some degree before we rush off and, and do what they need to, to, to have, you know, attend to them. And then when we come back, it's a case of, you know, I would much rather people ate less but digested it better because you know the whole you know the saying we are what we eat well actually we're not we are what we assimilate you know and actually take into our bloodstream that's what nourishes ourselves so i'd much rather that people concentrated on their food chewed it really really well gave the gut a much better opportunity excuse me to break it down and get the nutrients from it to feed the cells than kind of gave themselves a big pat on the back and said, oh, well, I stopped and ate, um, you know, I, I ate a big lunch because then if they don't chew it properly, chew it really, really well, then again, they'll probably end up quite bloated and uncomfortable and so on. Yeah. So it's a simple thing, even breathing, you know, just making sure that when we're, I mean, you would, you would know because you've been around horses for long enough to know that horses feel us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, I think we've got a much deeper sixth sense than we have. Which is why horses are used therapeutically. Like I know um, one leadership coach who horses are part of her team. Um, and then, you know, as you're probably aware, over in America, there's a particular um, retreat. I can't think the, name, think of the name of it off the top of my head now, but it's all based around being with horses to learn about ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, you know, making sure that we are the best possible version of ourselves is actually also helpful for our horses, particularly if they're, if we've got a, a nervy horse, because they're going to pick up if we arrive and we're under duress and anxious and so on, then, you know, they're going to sense that and it, it, it can have a knock on effect to, to them as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so, yeah. Just using, using breathing techniques, which again, we can do along the way when we're with our horses driving to our horses, driving away from our horses, driving to work. You know, it's, again, something that we can do ourselves without it having to cost anything in terms of time, money, and really, you know, minimal effort. It's yeah. just finding a breathing technique that works for us. Yeah. And so, like, one of the other things as well that I always struggle with is, like, how do you, like, especially when you're on the go, how do you nourish yourself well? Because a lot of the time we reach for those quick snacks and, <laughs> like, yeah and so I'm always a bit like I can't I've got a jaw issue so I can't eat apples like, unless I cut them up so I'd have to have a knife and then it's just like well what else can I grab like on the go or keep myself nourished during the day so did, did you have any tips for anybody on, on sort of that 
I mean, I guess I would say that with you, it's a slightly different situation because most people don't have that jaw issue. Yeah. So fruit actually is the, is the easiest thing. So yeah. when people say, well, I, I don't have time to eat, I'm like, well, you've got, you could pick up a piece of fruit, you know, or a handful of nuts, you know, keeping stuff in the car. If you're spending a lot of time going to and from the horses morning and evening, then making sure that, you know, that in the same way you replenish the food cupboard, you also then take out and put in your car what you need for a couple of days so that it's and there. You've got sort of a box with a few, yeah, like some nuts and some, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Either a little picnic. Sort of, what about dried fruit? Is that, is that just as good or is that less? No. Dried fruit is, is, is basically the fruit, obviously the water content has been removed. Um, and so it's, it, it, for most people, it's far too much simple sugar right um one go so i'm not i'm not actually a fan of of dried fruit um you know okay if you've got maybe a bit of dried fruit balanced out with some nuts and seeds yeah fine um most people i'm not sure can you can you chew that kind of thing well enough yeah probably <laughs> most yeah, people, so i can't like, open my mouth very wide so i'm yeah. You could, you, they could, if they don't want to buy it, they could make up, you know, um, a serving of nuts is, is 12 almonds, for instance. You could have 12 almonds, um, uh, a tablespoon of pumpkin and sunflower seeds, and a, a tablespoon of sultanas, for instance. Right. Yeah. be a decent enough ratio to, to then balance out the, uh, the concentrated fruit sugar with the, the fats and the, in, in the amino acids in the, in the, um, nuts and seeds that's really useful thank you so if anybody would like to get in touch with you to learn more about how like, they can they could work with you or how you could help them what's the best way for them to do that louise uh they can have a look at my website which is uh www.louisewestra.com or they can come over to facebook um, i have a business page which is um louise westra health mastery or um, I've got a free Facebook community, which is the Health is Wealth Collective. So, um, you know, for most people coming over, getting to know me a bit through the group is a really good starting point. Um, and I mean, I behave very well on this podcast. There is the occasional, uh, you know, swear word used in a live um, or on a meme. <laughs> if you don't, then, you know, best avoid me. <laughs> yeah, I think we all slip up occasionally. <laughs> yeah, although sometimes yeah, we're just not even aware. I've, yeah, I've got this is a whole other story. But yeah, like when I've I've said words, it's really aren't swear words, but to some other people they were and they were horrified, and I was like, that, that, is that, since when is that made a swear word? <laughs> but, yeah. So, but I will add the links into the the bio. So if anybody wants to check out Louise, do check out the the links in the in the show notes. And you'll be able to get straight to Louise. And thank you ever so much for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me. And talking to us today. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you, Louise. <laughs>